All right, good morning, Embrace. Look, we're starting on time. It's a mystery as it's happening. I'm so excited to worship with you this morning. Uh, the worship team has been here uh, preparing this morning to worship with you. So if you'll stand with us as you're able, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come into this place with us this morning. Breathe on us. 
come to the fountain dip your heart in the stream of life the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy his deep cries out to thee we sing Oh, 
step out of the shadows, come out of the grave, break into the wild, and don't be
Amen. Amen. Hear these words from our psalm for today, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. And may God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. It's really good to, to be here with you all today. Um, it's always a good day to praise God and to be together with our church family. Um, if you're visiting with us, I just want to say welcome to you. Uh, my name is John Gallagher, and I'm the lead pastor at the church, and I'm just excited that you're here with us today. Um, let me know if you need anything, and I'd be happy to help you out and talk through anything going on in your life. Um, what we're going to do now is we're just going to take a few moments to share with one another. We do this each week. Um, we can do we do it here in the room, and we also share online as well. But we just share our gratitude and our lament. Um, gratitude, whatever God uh, has done in your life this week that, that you're grateful for, something good going on in your life, something that's making you happy. Um, a lament is just a prayer of protest or grief, uh, even a complaint to God, you know, because often we go through hard things and, and we need to take those things to God and to our community. And so turn to just about, you know, groups of four or five or so. Just go around, share gratitude. If you have a lament, you can share that as well. And those online, I'd love you if you all would share with one another um, in the chat. That would be great. So let's do that now. I'll call us back together in just a moment.
All right, if y'all want to take another minute or so, if someone hasn't shared, give them a chance, and I'll call you back in just a moment. All right, if y'all want to wrap it up and orient yourselves back up this direction, that would be great. All right, if y'all want to look back up this way, that would be great. Um, most of you probably know this guy right here because he's up in front of you on a regular basis. Uh, it's our worship leader, Chris Adkins, and his family, Sarah and Cooper. And today is um, kind of a sad day for us because we're saying goodbye uh, to these uh, great friends of mine. And I know folks that you all um, all love and appreciate as well. And so today is going to be their last Sunday with us before they head out um, up to the Cincinnati area. Um, Chris will be here with us tomorrow night, correct, uh, for the gathering. And so he'll be here tomorrow. If you just want a little bit more, uh, you know, Chris energy, you can come tomorrow night to get some of it. And I'm sure that, that they'll come visit when they're in town. Um, so not going to live that far away. And so they can't run too far away from us. Uh, they'll, they'll be close enough where we can bring them back sometimes. But um, I'm just so grateful for uh, Chris and Sarah and Cooper and just the blessing they've been to my life for so long. Um, I, I've told you all this before, but I got to know them because we were traveling to Boston, my wife and I, and we needed a place to stay because it was really expensive and we had spent too much already on our trip. And so our friend uh, Mandy connected us to them and they're like, oh, I've got friends there. They'd love to host you. And of course, they said, come on. And turns out they had a really tiny apartment. And so we were like, you know, crammed in there together. Uh, it was a good way to get to know one another. And they were just so welcoming and hospitable to us then. And they've continued to be that way, um, not just to us, but, but to so many um, here in our church and in our community. And so I'm just so grateful for all the, the things they've done for this church and for Sarah's work and, and helping get the immigration clinic started and all the different things that they've done here um, in our community. And so we're going to miss you all. and We love you. Um, we have a little gift to give, give you um, for your time uh, here. So this is, you may recognize, that's our church. Uh, and one of our very own members, Camry Miller, uh, did this for you guys as a gift uh, to you all. So you never will forget us. Uh, you'll have a picture of our church right in front of you um, at your home. And so, Chris, we'll give this to you. Let's give him a hand uh, for the... We, we probably should have done this at the end, so Chris still has to lead music, you know. Uh, but uh, 
we'll give him some time to recover for a minute, but um, I'd love to, to say a prayer for them. And then what I, I want you all to do, so right after the service, so don't stay in here and talk too long, all right? I want you all to go to the cafe, and if it gets too crowded, just wait. People will come in and out, um, and there'll be some... I think some cake, cupcakes, um, some good stuff. Sue Crone has uh, organized for us. Cooper's already looking forward to it. So you get donuts before church and cupcakes after, you know. We just love sugar here uh, at our church. And so y'all can go in, and we're going to have just a little short reception uh, to just show your love to, to them after the service. And then we won't do that too long because the worship team's hosting another thing for Chris right after that. And so we got a busy morning uh, of celebration and, and goodbyes. But let me say a prayer for them. And, you know, normally, like before COVID, we'd have everybody lay hands and all that, but we're not doing that right now. So if y'all just want to extend a hand where you're at um, towards them and, and pray with me as I lift them up. God, I lift up uh, Chris and, and Sarah and Cooper to you this morning. We thank you so much for just the love that they poured out on all of us uh, for so many years here at the church. It's rare to find people that just jump in and are committed and and have really just uh, fully um, immersed themselves in this community here. Um, thank you for uh, both of their leadership here at our church um, in so many different ways. God, we thank you for the way that, that Chris has led us in, in worship for so many Sundays and Mondays, um, probably too many to count at this point, and just the way he led us with humility and with welcome, hospitality, and, and ultimately pointed us towards, towards you. Um, God, I pray with you that you would be with them as they embark on this new adventure together as a family. Um, I know that there's going to be ups and downs, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be joys, and we just pray that you would be with them through all of it, and that they would know that they are still surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses from Embrace, that we will be with them in spirit, um, cheering them on as they move uh, through this next kind of season in their life. Um, God, we thank you so much for your love for us and your love for them pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, y'all can have a seat. All right, so um, I have a few. Cooper, you got to dance for us. That's good. Um, I have a few quick announcements to share with you this morning. Um, I already told you the big one that we have the reception right after church, so stop in and show some love to them after the service and get some more sugar um, and wonderful cake that we're going to have for you. It'll be an appetizer before lunch, you know. I made the comment, Chris will have no problem eating cake before he eats lunch. Um, he will embrace that. Also, um, one announcement I have to share is that we are not going to have the gathering, our Monday night um, meal and worship service on Monday, June 6th. All right, And so that's not this Monday or the one after, but the third one. All right, And so in three Mondays, we need to cancel that night because a lot of our leaders, including all the pastors and everyone are going to be out of town. I've got a conference I have to go to. Uh, Christina's going to be at camp. Um, one of our, Pastor Rick's going to be uh, getting surgery, so we're going to be praying for him before that. So um, we're going to, we always cancel once in the summer, so that's going to be our Monday that we cancel for the summer. And we'll remind you of that as we move forward. Um, also, um, I encourage you to read through the announcement handout. I don't have one up here, so I'm not sure what it says exactly. But there is good information in it, so read through it. Um, also, we have Connect cards in your pews now, so you don't have to try too hard to get to one. So I encourage you. Thank you, Cooper. He's waving it around for you all. Um, I encourage you all to read through that and fill it out if you're willing to. You can put it in that box there, or you can put it in the box at the back of the sanctuary. If you would like to give, 
to support. Tanya, did you have a question? Aldersgate, yes. How many more sponsorships does it say that we need? Just two. All right. So last week, I don't know if y'all remember, I said we needed 14 sponsorships, and so now we only need two. So y'all really stepped it up. Thank you so, so much. I mean, it's just amazing that this kind of like small-ish church, you know, here in North Lexington can send so many kids to camp through your generosity. Thank you so much for that. We still need two more. So if you're still interested, $150 um, per student to sponsor them for a week of camp. That's not much money when you consider all that they're going to get um, while they're there. And so they'll be leaving on June 6th on that Monday uh, to head down for a week. And so we're really excited about that. we got middle school and high school kids going. And then um, if you would like to give to support our ministry at the church, you can do that here this morning in that box there or in the box in the back. You can also give online at embraceyourcity.com, um, and you go there, and there is a, a special page for giving, and you all can do that. And there's also QR codes on these Connect cards. We have all sorts of ways to get in touch with us. I think that's all the important announcements I have for today. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to dismiss our children for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So let's give our kids a hand as they come forward. The Wonder Room is for children who are four years old all the way up through fifth grade. And so it doesn't matter what age they are as long as they um, have been in fifth grade and they're about to finish fifth grade. Um, they're invited to go up. If you're a parent and you're visiting with us and you have a child in that, in that kind of age range, then you're welcome to walk up there with them and check it out. Um, and make sure they make that transition well. But I'm going to turn it over to our worship team, and they're going to sing a song for us.
Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord, when we stop and we take a moment to really consider who you are and what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us, when we really take time to think and meditate on that, Lord, it brings joy to our hearts, thanksgiving to our hearts, gratitude to our hearts. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you have done for us. We're so grateful for all that you're doing for us right now in this moment and all that you will do for us as we continue to march forward on this journey of life. God, we've got struggles, we've got issues, we've got problems all around us. Lord, we are so grateful that you do not leave us alone that you walk with us through the ups and the downs and the backs and the forths, that you are with us through it all. As we face just unprecedented challenges all across our world, Lord, we desperately cry out to you today that we need you, Lord, and we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come, as we sang this morning, that you would come soon, that you would come back, and you would set all things right. Lord, this world needs redemption. We need redemption. I need redemption. We are broken in so many ways. And Lord, we ask that you would continue the work of putting us back together and making us whole. Lord, I pray for anyone here who is struggling today. Maybe is dealing with grief or sadness or anxiety or depression or struggling with addictions and maybe just feels really low and lonely, I pray, God, that you would be extra close to them today. That you would place your hand upon them. You would touch them and that you would just breathe new life into them as you did your disciples so long ago. That they would feel your spirit. That they would leave here encouraged. More fortified, more ready to continue on. Lord, I pray this morning that we could see ourselves for who we really are, that we are children of God who are deeply loved. I pray that we could know that. Maybe we could love ourselves a little more today, knowing that you love us so much, that you created us. Lord, we we just need you more than ever, and God, we just pray that you would be here and that you would meet us in this moment. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So at Embrace, you may not know this if you haven't been here for very long, but we have six values that guide our ministry and our life together. Um, These values are important. They, They really influence everything that we do. They, they guide what we do. They influence our decisions that we make, the way that we do life together. And I want to read these for you. We're not going to talk about all of them this morning, but over the next few months, we're going to reference these. We're going to bring them to your attention. We may do a whole series on these at one point. We've done that in the past, but they still uh, feel just as true as they did 
you know, a few years back when we came up with these. But our first is that we keep Jesus at the center. We are gritty Christ followers. We are comfortable with being uncomfortable. We keep it real. We believe that church equals a diverse family. We're also neighborhood focused. And today I want to highlight, just for a moment, the first and most important value, and that is Jesus at the center. You know, last week, if you were here, uh, my friend Justin Berenger was here, and he preached a challenging message where he called us as a church to draw the circle wide, to reach out and include everyone, to extend loving friendship to as many people as we possibly can. And he reminded us that we can do this without fear or worry because Jesus is at the center of the wide circle holding it all together. You know, one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure you all have noticed as well, is that many people in our world right now are very afraid. I'm afraid a lot of the time. (laughs) I've also noticed that many Christians are afraid. And I get it. I've struggled with fear my entire life, and I still do. There's a lot to be afraid of. But what I'm learning as I, you know, continue to get older and and gain a little bit more wisdom with each new year is that we cannot let fear guide our most important decisions in life. You know, I was talking with Rachel and Christina this week about Justin's message, Draw the Circle Wide, And frankly, um, what what I was lamenting to them is that I feel like too many Christian groups right now are choosing the opposite path. That instead of drawing a wide circle to include as many people as possible, they're drawing smaller and smaller and smaller circles where everyone thinks the same, everyone looks the same, everyone holds the same beliefs and values and political views. And we're not just seeing this in the church, it's happening all over the place. Let's narrow our circle so we feel safe. We can defend ourselves against all the people out there that make us uncomfortable, right? Our world is is rapidly changing, and y'all see it, and I don't like change a whole lot. Most people don't, and and it's kind of scary. It's changing so fast. Like, it's insane when I think just even, like, four years ago, our world feels, like, totally different now than it did then, right? And... And our culture has changed. And, and what we can do, you know, we can circle our wagons. We can insulate ourselves. We can defend ourselves. We can put out everybody that, that makes us feel, um, you know, some kind of way. Or we can choose to have faith, I think. <laughs> and we can reach out. We can open ourselves. We can adapt. And we can enter into the unknown. And that's scary to do that, right? But I believe that's what faith truly is. It's saying, I'm going to open my hands, and I'm going to be open, and I'm going to accept, and I'm going to try to love, and I'm going to try to reach out, even when it might be difficult. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we ask this question together in one of our online worship services, and it's the most important question for Christians. How do we carry on the ministry of Jesus in our current context? It's quite simple, right? But it's actually a Pretty hard question to answer. How do we carry on the ministry of Jesus right now in 2022 in the place where we're living? You know, our entire faith is built on Jesus. We are Christians. You know what Christians mean? It's the Christ ones. It's the ones who are all about Jesus. 
That's how they first started being called Christians. People looked at them and they said, oh, those are the the Christ ones. Those are the ones who act like Jesus. Those are the ones who look like Jesus. Those are the ones who talk like Jesus. So they started being called the Christians, right? The, The Christians. Our entire faith is built on Jesus. And so in our new reality of COVID-19, of vast wealth inequality, of racial inequity, of deep political division, declining church involvement, debilitating mental health issues, violence, rampant materialism, overwhelming militarism, mass incarceration, inflation, poverty, gender and sexual discrimination, environmental catastrophe, in light of all these awful things, The question we need to ask is, what does the ministry of Jesus look right now in our current context? How do we follow Jesus and continue his story in the midst of this new, yet not so new, reality? This is the ultimate question that we must wrestle with as we spend our year with Jesus. So today, I want to focus on the how. How do we do this? The content of what this looks like, we're going to have to flesh out for a long time. But how are we going to do it? Because this is really hard. It's really hard to continue on the ministry of Christ in a really challenging world. How do we keep following Jesus, keeping Him at the center when everything around us is difficult and downright scary? How do we carry on the ministry of Jesus in our current context? How do we continue reaching out? How do we draw that wide circle and stay courageous? How are we going to do it? Because Jesus' ministry isn't easy. Jesus never told you it was going to be easy when he called you. (laughs) He said it would be good. He's going to be with you. But he never told you it would be easy. The things he said and did got him into a lot of trouble and caused him and his friends a whole lot of problems. But they were able to stay. You know, I think about when I look at the story of Scripture, they were able to be fairly strong while Jesus was with them. Because if they had problems or they couldn't handle something, they could go to Jesus and ask for advice or assistance, right? I remember, you know that story when the large crowd had gathered and they were all listening to Jesus' teachings and they were so excited about it. And they brought all these people to this place, probably far away from the town. And then they'd been out there for a while and people started getting hungry because they didn't bring any food. And if I was leading an event, you know, and we had planned it and people started getting hungry and there was nowhere to get food, I'd start stressing out, like, what are we going to do? I ain't got enough money to feed all these people. I don't even have food to feed them with, right? So the disciples are stressing out. And they go to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we brought all these people out here. And it's dinner time and they didn't have lunch. They didn't have breakfast. They're hungry. Like, we got to feed them. What are we going to do? Like, I ain't got no money. Do you got money, Jesus? Like, should we go to town and try to, you know, try to find something to feed them? And they were freaking out. And what, what did Jesus do? He was there, and so he helped them out. He told them what to do. He said, here's what you can do. And they were able to feed them all. But Jesus isn't here anymore. He went up into heaven right before their eyes. And he's not here. Wouldn't it be nice if we could set up a Zoom meeting with Jesus? I would love that, you know? And be like, you're far away, but let's get on Zoom. We'll talk. We'll do FaceTime or something. And we'll brainstorm about what we need to be doing right now. Maybe you can help us, Jesus, to figure out how we continue on this work that you told us to keep doing so long ago. Wouldn't it be nice? We just had a lead team meeting before church. I'd love if Jesus could have been there with us, you know, like sitting in a chair right there with us, answering all our questions, because we had a lot of questions this morning, and be like, Jesus, I wish you could just give us the answers, because you know them, I think, (laughs) pretty sure. 
Wouldn't it be nice if we could invite Jesus over for dinner? Just feed off his vibes and energy. I mean, that would sustain me for years to come, right? If I could just have that meal with Jesus. But Jesus isn't here anymore. Or where is he? Where is he? Our text for this morning is from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21 and 25 through 29. So you, if you want to go ahead and turn to 14, you can, but I'm going to read it in just a, a couple of minutes. So Jesus spoke these words in John 14 while he was in the upper room in Jerusalem. They had gone on their journey to Jerusalem, right? And Jerusalem was where, like, his ultimate fate of, of death was waiting him. And so they were in Jerusalem. Things were getting hairy. It was starting to, to become a really dangerous situation for him, right, and for his people. And so he had some last moments. They were hiding out. You can think of it maybe like a safe house. It was a place they knew they could be safe from the authorities. No one knew where they were. They probably had some secret way to get there so they weren't found out. And so they were in the upper room of this house sharing some last moments together before he was arrested. And if you read this whole section in John, they call it the farewell discourse, then you can, you'll start to pick up on some repetition. And one thing that you can kind of see as you read through it is the disciples were panicked. They were very stressed, all right? Um, they, you can almost sense and just feel the panic in the disciples. And they repeatedly question Jesus in these chapters, wondering what's going on. And when you're with people who are just asking lots of questions, you're just like, hey, chill out, all right? Just relax. It's going to be okay. And so they're asking all these questions. Here are some that I was able just to pull out very quickly. Are you going to wash my feet, Jesus? Ask him what he means. Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? Lord, where are you going? Lord, why can't I follow you now? Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? What does he mean by a little while? These are just a few questions that they were asking. These disciples weren't, they weren't idiots. You know, sometimes we think of them like they were idiots. They, they were perceptive. They could see that things were changing they knew that tension was mounting. They knew that it was becoming dangerous, that Jesus was acting different. And so during this final conversation, Jesus says some really ominous, dark things about troubled hearts, about being hated, about weeping, about mourning, about the disciples having a hard existence in the world. If you're with somebody and they're talking like this, you're going to be like, something going on here, right? And they were starting to get very nervous. And Jesus prayed that God would protect them. They're probably like, protect us from what, Jesus? Jesus knew that life was about to get really hard for his friends who had given their lives to his way. And he loved them so much. And, he, and it pained him, I would imagine, to think about his friends going through really hard times when he left. And he knew that he was going to be leaving them, that he wouldn't be with them to protect them, to have their backs, and to advocate for him. And so I, I want to read this section real quick from John chapter 14. And these are our verses uh, for today. This is the lectionary text plus just a little, a little bit more. Um, so we're going to start at John 14, verse 15. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives within you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and that you are in me and that I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Skip to verse 25. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. His message that he gave them was essentially this. Life hasn't been very easy for you up until now. However, life is actually about to get even harder. In fact, life is going to get really hard. I'm not going to be here to help you. I have to leave. But I'm not going to leave you alone. No way I'm going to leave you like orphans. If you keep this movement going, if you keep on going, then I'm going to help you out. I'm sending you another advocate like me, but even better. And this advocate is going to be with you, in you, giving you peace and strength and comfort and encouragement. You won't be alone. I'm sending you an advocate. Now this advocate that he is talking about is the Holy Spirit. Something we need to pay attention to here is this. Jesus says, I'm sending you another advocate. Jesus had been their advocate up until that point. He looked out for them. He had their backs. He stood up for them. He showed them what to do. He comforted them. He supported them. But since he had to go, he was going to give them another advocate. He's like, don't worry. I got somebody that's going to replace me and come in behind me, right? And this advocate, he says, will be even better than me and actually will be with you forever. Now, the word advocate here is a really important word in the New Testament. And it comes from a Greek word, paraclete. I know if y'all have heard me preach for the years, you've heard me talk about this before. But a paraclete is a person that we can call upon to help us in our most difficult times. It's a person that we can call upon to help us in our most difficult times. We could all use a paraclete, right? Who is someone maybe you call upon in your most difficult times? The word is likely connected to a person who would stand with you in trial. A paraclete would defend you, would stand with you, would support you. Be like a, a really good attorney standing right there with you. If you're in trial, you want someone there with you, right? to help advocate for you before the judge or the jury, who or whoever is trying to determine your fate. This word has so many layers that the translators can't figure out how to translate it. When you, when you read the Bible and you get to a place like, and you're a little confused, look at other translations, because what you might see is that there's many different ways that it's been translated. We're reading an English translation of the old Greek and Hebrew text, right? And, and so we're getting... 
some interpretation there. These are, these are humans trying to figure out how to translate ancient languages into modern-day English. And so I'll show you a few examples. The NIV calls the paraclete the advocate. The ESV calls the paraclete the helper. The KJV, the comforter. The CSB, a counselor. Those are all similar, but they're all different words, right? Scholars have argued that maybe we should just translate it as paraclete and create a new English word, right? Because it has too full of a meaning to be condensed down to one English word. Because the original hearers of this would have heard all of these things. A paraclete is an advocate, but also a comforter, a counselor, a helper. It's a Greek word that covers multiple English words in its meaning. And so here's a message for followers of Jesus. If you keep my commands... If you take my way seriously and actually live it out, the world's going to hate you, all right? Mistreat you. Maybe persecute you. You'll have many troubles, but don't be afraid. I'm sending you the paraclete, the one who will come alongside you, who will advocate for you, who will help you, who will comfort you, who will counsel you, who will be there with you when you need help. For those in trouble, a paraclete, is exactly what they need, right? But let me be honest with you. I'm a fairly privileged person, way more so than most, if all, the people reading the Bible in the first century. And I'll tell you something I've come to terms with is that my comfort in this life hinders my ability to understand the role of the Holy Spirit as comforter. Because sometimes I'm too comfortable and I don't get it that I actually need a comforter, right? Right? And so I've had to think about it. If you don't feel a lot of Holy Spirit power in your life, then maybe you're too comfortable. (laughs) Maybe you need to think about that. Because why would we need a comforter if we're already comfortable? However, with people with their backs against the wall that feel trampled by our world, they would read this passage differently than I would. Because the idea of a paraclete, an advocate, a helper, a comforter, a counselor would sound like really good news. Think about the first Christians. They were literally put on trial. I mean, y'all can read in Acts. Like, Paul and some others have to go to trial and stand before someone who has the power to do whatever they want with them. And so they actually go, went to trial. Many of them were then condemned at those trials to unjust prison sentences. Some of them even sentenced to execution. Now think about the idea of having someone who would stand right next to them in trial and, and, and be with them and advocate for them probably sounded like really wonderful news. That would give them courage and peace as they face these awful situations. You know, we, I wonder a lot how they faced torture and threats and lies, incredible persecution. Well, I think think it's because they believed that the advocate was there with them. They truly believed and felt the presence of God right there with them in those moments. And it gave them the ability, just like many Christians throughout history, to withstand incredible hardship and pain and suffering because they had the paraclete, the advocate, the comforter, the helper, and the counselor. You know, I came across this story a few years ago, and I've shared it before, but it just really helps me understand this so much better. Bible translators in Central Africa 
at one point were having a hard time finding an appropriate word for this particular um, word, paraclete. How would they translate this into kind of the native language of some of these folks they were working with in Central Africa? How could they describe the Holy Spirit in a way that would make sense to these folks? And so one day, uh, some of these translators came across a group of men that were going out kind of into the bush carrying bundles on their heads. And they noticed that there was always one who didn't carry anything. And, and they assumed that that was the boss, right? Because the boss didn't have to carry. They tell the other people what to do um, to make sure maybe that the others were doing their work. However, they discovered that he wasn't the boss. He had a very special job within this group. He was there should anyone fall over with exhaustion. He would come alongside, pick up the man's load, and carry it for him. And this man was known by a word in that particular language, which literally meant the one who falls down beside us. The one who falls down beside us. And that was pretty close to what Jesus was saying in John 14 through 16 about the paraclete. The one who falls down beside us, who is with us, looking out for us, even in the trenches of this, you know, crazy warfare that we call life sometimes, right? How do we carry on the ministry of Jesus in our current context? How do we keep moving forward, sowing the seeds of the kingdom in our communities, even when everything seems so fragile? How do we stay on mission in the midst of madness? How do we keep drawing that wide circle? How do we keep getting up each day when we feel overwhelmed with our lives and our problems and our challenges? Well, you have an advocate. You have a comforter. You have a counselor. You have a helper. You have the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living within you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion today like we do each week. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. If y'all don't have a communion cup, we have some by that door back there um, as you came in the front doors of our church, but the back of our sanctuary, and you can go grab one. Um, no worries about that at all. Some of them are a little hard to get open, so I'd go ahead and get started on it. <laughs> but we take communion each week, and communion is really... It's a reminder of God's presence with us through it all. You know, God never promised it would be easy to follow, but God did promise that he would be with you. And, and as I just continue to face so much suffering and pain in my own life, and as I see it all around me all the time, that's a reminder to me, because sometimes it's hard to make sense of all the suffering going on around us. I'm like, God, why, why is this happening? Well, um, some of that stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me sometimes, but one thing that I do know for sure is that God is with us through it all, and he walks with us through the hard things. And many of you are facing really hard things right now. I know it. You've told me about it. And those of you here, those of you online, lots of hard things. And I want you to know that, that God's spirit lives within you, and God's spirit is hovering all around us at all times. And, and God did not abandon the world you know, when Jesus ascended up into heaven, you know, he, did, he didn't abandon us. 
he, he sent us the Spirit, which dwells inside of us and fills us up. And frankly, we probably don't talk about the Spirit enough because the Spirit is so powerful. And, and I, I, every, each and every day, I just hope that I can become more and more aware of God's presence living within me, living within each of you, moving throughout our world. You know, there's something going on beyond what we can see with our own eyes. God is at work. So maybe that's a prayer you can pray this week, is God, help me to become more aware of your presence and your spirit that lives within me. Remind me, Lord, this week that I have an advocate, that I'm not alone, and that you're right there with me through it all. God, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. We thank you for communion and there's this time to be reminded each week that you are with us, that your Holy Spirit is alive and well. Help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear. Help us to be able to, to see what's, what you're doing, Lord, in us and through us and all around us. Help us to rise up above all the kind of nonsense that we see around us and see a bigger picture, Lord, through the power of your presence. I pray you pour out your Holy Spirit upon these communion elements that we have today, that they would be for us not just these ordinary things, but something extraordinary, that they would be for us the body and blood of Christ. Fill us up today in a fresh way. I pray we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you want to go ahead and get out the little wafer, those of you who are worshiping online, we have a good crew today online with us. Um, whatever y'all have set aside for this purpose, y'all can get out as well today. Um, but I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Whatever drink you have set aside for this purpose, I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. We're going to close with a, a song, and this is a, a joyful song to end with because, you know, even in the midst of chaos and hardship, the fact that God lives with us and walks with us through it all is a reason to have joy and to be grateful. And, and we can even have joy in the face of difficulties and challenges. Some people have talked about joy is even a, a way to protest the injustice all around us because when you're, when you're going through hard things and people are trying to, hounding you and trying to tear you apart, Having joy in the face of all that is, is pretty miraculous, and we can as followers of Christ. And so let's all stand together as we end our time. Um, if y'all would like prayer, um, I'd be happy to pray with you. And Tanya's in the back, and I think uh, Megan will be in the back as well, um, part of our prayer team. If y'all would need prayer, y'all can go back there as well to receive it. But let's end our time by singing together. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. This freedom, though you've captured me, I've got joy instead of Yeah.
in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. There's beauty in my brokenness. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. 
soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy, down deep in my soul. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here this morning. Right after the service, y'all head to the cafe. Chris, you head in there pretty quick yourself because they're coming to see you. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll get that going. But if y'all prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.